0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Prop O, oh, it is a delight to see you once again. I'm particularly glad you made it back from Dublin. That was 50-50, quite frankly, the state you are in. Uh, and I'm so excited about today's episode because the first edge rush of the season means that football is back. We are back. And here's the kicker. Brand new season, brand new edge rush, brand new partner. Shout out. To the fantastic Fitstairs, ladies and gents, gang! Fitstairs, our official Edge Rush partner of the season, and propo another puts a smile on your face because let's say Fitstairs—they're a sophisticated bunch. They have an acquired taste. They have a level of expectation in how somebody should handle themselves. They're a—they're a cool crew, and you are the unders king of Plumpton, so you must be delighted that out of all the different options, we've gone with stairs as our partner.
1: I am now expecting a butler to turn up at my door at around Sunday four pm to take my bets. If that's a possibility <laughs> fits, just there, a messenger.
0: Is, just a messenger. You know, just it's a messenger
1: exactly. A uh, they are the perfect sponsor for us. I can't wait to work with them all season long. It's sensational work that we managed to get any sponsor at all. Let's be completely honest Nat, considering your record over the past two seasons. But maybe oh, that actually helps us.
0: Hey, <laughs> that's my forget. <yeah. laughs> wait a minute. I just wanna wanna nip this one straight in the bud because there was a lot of chatter about uh, me being off my game whatever my game is (laughs) last season but i ended i ended strongly i'm the eli manning of picks we ended up i ended up nine and 12
1: nine and 13 you ended up
0: 13 okay just about respectable when you look at it and i always look at a bigger sample size because there's far more merit in that over the course of two seasons i'm well above 500
1: yeah, no, you are well above five hundred because you went sixteen and six. Both of us went sixteen and six in the first year, which is a remarkable record. And then to go nine and thirteen, so you're doing you're doing all right. But you know that just some of us are built different. Than that in these in these, uh, <laughs>
0: these situations, the talk, I cannot wait to take you down this season. That is all I've been doing. All uh, it's been like the Rocky Four uh, training camp, uh, Rocky's training camp. Well, actually, it's got a mixture of Rocky's training camp chopping wood in snow and Drago's training camp where he's been shot up with all kinds of different different substances that has been my off-season training camp to get all i care about is beating you not only not only in our head-to-head drew locks on edge rush but our picks contest as well which is up and running
1: should we kick off with a, just a perfect gen x gen z moment Nat, let's do it i've never seen rocky any of them
0: <laughs> what wait a minute any of them i've seen creed of course, you've seen Creed because that was made after 2018. Yeah, I thought it was black and white. You've never seen a single Rocky? I've never
1: seen a single Rocky, Nat. I've seen it, like, what? I i tell you what, I'm not a huge Sylvester Stallone fan, to be completely honest with you. And mm. I find um, there are certain boxing films that I do really, really enjoy. But honestly, I've just never really been that... Favourite boxing,
0: boxing film power ranking. So Raging Bull's got to be number one. Never seen that. You've never seen Raging Bull? This is getting better. We're going to have to do a whole boxing. I'm pretty sure the
1: only one I've seen is Million Dollar Baby and that is an amazing film.
0: That's great. You haven't seen Cinderella Man? No idea what that is. Jimmy Braddock. Cinderella Man about Jimmy Braddock with Russell Crowe. No, I Brownick, know. One of the great one of the great stories of 20th century boxing. All right, this is a whole separate pod we need to have. Ridiculous, but I love the fact we started with a Gen, Gen X, Gen Z moment. Uh, we are, as we suggested then, going to be rolling with our Drew Locks of the Week each and mm-hmm. every week. All and I are going to be picking a few games that we like actually on today's show. And within that, our Drew Locks of the Week Propos Prop Bets of the Week are back as well. We've got our Rush Acker. And incidentally, our friends at Fitstairs are going to be carrying a number of our picks, including proposed Prop Bets, throughout the course of the season. Uh, not this week, though. So this will probably be kicking in from next week. But you can get all your other NFL action heading on over to fitstairs.com if you are going to take action, incidentally, on anything that we talk about or anything that uh, that interests you, as always, do it in moderation. Gamble responsibly. Have fun with it. Don't let it get out of control. Right. Before we get into our games and our picks and look ahead to week one, it feels good, isn't it? Week one of the NFL. It's already started. Thursday night football. And the Lions with a with a surprise win, although, is it an mm. asterisk win? There's no Chris Jones. There's no Kelsey. What do you mean? Mm, you could saying it's not a surprise?
1: No, no. I'm just, well, I'm just saying that I don't even count that as necessarily a win. Because they were missing Kelsey Jones. No, because their star player was on the other team, Caderas Tony.
0: <laughs> but this is the problem with the, the Chiefs, isn't it? Carson and I got into this a little bit on the Monday show. That's in the vault. If you look at a number of the key contenders... It is uncanny how many of them have the same big problem, which is big question marks around their receiving court. I'd argue the Bills do in terms of depth. The Chiefs definitely do. And, oh, well, they've got Tony. Tony loves the Andy Reid offense. They're expecting big things. Sky Moore, it's going to be a breakout year for Sky Moore. That's, that's, that is relying on a lot of upside propo. And it, the number of teams that are in that mix, I
1: don't want to overreact. Obviously, you know, one of my favorite things is the week one overreactions. And it is, like, I think they are, and my favorite week to bet is usually week two because you can bet against all of those week one overreactions. But I do think this is a serious issue. I mean, uh, Kadarius tony last night, like, honestly, those were catches that, like, you could make certain ones (laughs) of them. Like, there's, like, a still shot of the pick six, and it is literally the perfect throw. It's to Kadarius tony right in the bread basket. Mm. How that ends up being a pick six, I have absolutely no idea. How that goes down as an interception on Patrick Mahomes, I have absolutely no idea. The first drop is even worse. I think Benjamin Solak, uh, the very, very good intelligent writer, said that at the rate it was going, I think it was something like minus two points expected on every... Um, like Kadarius, Tony target. So like Mm -hmm. if they threw to him four more times, they would inevitably get another touchdown, the Detroit Lions. That's That's how badly he was playing. And I mean, he had what, like minus rushing yards. He had one catch overall, four drops, one which led to a pick six. That was a remarkably bad performance. And he pretty much single-handedly lost that game for the Chiefs because he had a wide open target at the end, which would have been a game leading field goal for uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah and also obviously the pick six the Kansas City Chiefs defense played pretty well against the Detroit yep. Lions yes I know they conceded 56 rushing yards in the last quarter but at the same time without Chris Jones you'd be quite impressed to keep Detroit Lions to just 14 points offensively essentially and just two touchdowns I thought they played pretty well it was just the the offensive weapons which just did not help the Kansas City Chiefs Mahomes was sensational apparently you can't sack him anymore it's just ridiculous they can have three Lions <laughs> hanging off him and he still manages to pull off a sensational throw I think the Kansas Chiefs are going to be absolutely fine, but I think if this Travis Kelsey injury is significant or more significant than the Chiefs are letting on, which I think we'll find out in the coming days, that is a serious problem and I think they have to go look for a trade with a team that doesn't necessarily have that much opportunity this season or look at the free agency market because Tony doesn't look prepared for the season and Sky Moore does not look prepared for the season. I don't know if you put that on coaching, but considering how well Tony played in the Super Bowl last year, he obviously had that huge punt return. It's Insane how chalk and cheese it was with this performance.
0: But we know that with Kadarius Tony. That is why he was a, a bust coming out as a first round overall pick. It, this is the this is the book on him, and this is why you can't obviously rely on consistency throughout the season. That's fine if you've got a strong receiving core around him, but they don't. So it's a huge, huge they'll definitely be making a play. You know, the other thing I was wanted to point out props to Dan Campbell. And Campbell, yeah. from the get-go, we've loved watching. And let's be really honest with ourselves. Initially, it was that slightly tongue-in-cheek. This is ridiculous. He's a throwback. He's got that those kind of singletary vibes. Old school drill sergeant, unreconstructed head coach, and the the infamous press conference, of course, which uh, which underpin that. But actually, as the season went on, the fight back they showed last year and, and the kind of football they were playing. The hard knocks, of course, as well, helped draw that connection. We like Dan Campbell, we're rooting for Dan Campbell, the underdog Lions. This season, they're going in as contenders. That's a whole different perspective on them and a whole different amount of pressure for them to have to undertake, right? Because they're the favorites in the North going into this season. And what does he do? Within minutes of the season starting, mm. fake punts it again in that situation against Andy Reid. I mean, that is obviously not quite up there with Sean Payton in the Super Bowl and the onside kick. But that, in terms of gutsy moves, that's got to be that's got to be right up there in recent memory of, for a head coach laying out a marker early doors I love that from Dan Campbell
1: on the second drive of the NFL season to do that yep. is sensational and as as you said it kind of points to the fact that he doesn't care that this season there's higher expectation on them and that they're not just the plucky underdogs they've been for the past couple of seasons he is still going to play the exact same way and also you have to give that credit to Jared Goff and the way that he played there was a lot of great throws under pressure and I thought the receiving call was really really impressive we all knew that Amon Ross and brown was going to have a big year and he was going to be the main focal point but I thought Josh Reynolds some of the uh, the yards after catch that he managed to get looked really good Jamar Gibbs looks excellent in the receiving game as well he looked great in the running game I am concerned that you can just run the ball on the Chiefs especially without Chris Jones I think that is going to be a major factor ahead in this season but I don't think this is a major factor as the skill positions issues that the Kansas City Chiefs have like I thought that you can say that areas tony his problems always been inconsistency but there's inconsistency for an nfl player and then there's like three ridiculously easy drops like yeah. very very low standard stuff and i thought that was i mean the alarm bells must be ringing in that chief's offense now
0: he's the only Braylon edwards old school nfl fans uh incidentally jameson williams back in that Lions offense what week six six games is that yeah, Legit. Let's react overreact completely to the Lions. The Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Okay, right. I'm going to start with Raiders-Broncos, my first game. A mm. couple of reasons here. Two really fascinating teams straight off the bat this season. Under Underrated, some people suggested. Certainly the expectations are low for both of them, particularly the Raiders. Broncos, by virtue of being in the West, they're intriguing because of the Wilson factor and the Peyton factor wilson had the worst game of his worst season of his career last year right and it was it was horrible to watch when you compound that with the optimism do you remember this time last year the russell wilson mm-hmm. optimism we thought one of the biggest trades of the last 20 years we thought he was going to take this promising broncos team over the line it was the diametric opposite and there were lots of reasons for that not just on wilson the nathaniel hackett um tandem was clearly mismatched from the start but he had 16 touchdown passes that's the lowest of his career he was sacked more times than he's ever been before 55 in total and they are clearly changing things up in a lot of ways so bringing peyton in and more of that in a minute is one of the ways but wilson in the offseason as well this was interesting i don't know if you saw this old wilson has lost has dropped a lot of weight during the offseason and he was asked by reports, how much weight he said he's not counting i think was his, was his quote but Peyton said he's 15 pounds lighter so if you take typical nfl transparency standards that's probably like 25 pounds 25 pounds lighter so changing up his physicality is that to you a, a play to realign his mobility because that was mm-hmm. i think the most startling thing wilson being this freewheeling rogers-esque improviser last season just couldn't do it just couldn't no couldn't get couldn't get the jets on the go-go get as jay bell would say is that what they're they're doing there they're clearly looking to mobilize russell wilson again
1: I think yeah, that has to be because I think what Russell Wilson was renowned for was his unscripted plays, his playmaking outside of the pocket. And if you took him outside of, if you took him away from that, and when we saw him just as a simple pocket passer last season, and with a lot more throws over the middle, uh, sort of relied on, we just saw a completely different quarterback and. It was one of the worst deteriorations of a quarterback I think we've ever seen moving from team to team and from system to system. And I think that Peyton would have come in and recognized that. And I think he would have said that he needs to drop some weight and he needs to increase his mobility for him to get back to at least somewhat the level that he was at at the Seattle Seahawks the seasons prior to that. Nonetheless, honestly, I'm surprised you're starting with this game because I think these are two of the most unpredictable teams in the NFL this season. I have no idea what's going to happen with these two.
0: I'll tell you what, I agree. And and, 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 uh, it's obviously a risk. But then to your point, there's a lot of risk in week one, right? There's something Mm -hmm. we are kind of sure about, but there's a lot of uh, of jeopardy in week one. It's almost as tricky as week 18 right in many respects you've said many times actually over the uh, last year's the hardest one of the harder weeks to pick in the nfl i like the the, the total intrigue me so the total's over 44 right and mm-hmm. i feel that's quite low because i think this raiders offense could pop at times this season now i guess mm-hmm. what vegas is saying it, it, this is a great broncos d it's a new defensive coordinator in the mix by the way and i think when you break down this raiders offense reuniting McDaniels and Jimmy G, obviously Jacoby Myers brought, who knows the system that McDaniels wants to play Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. I think they can, I think they can roll some points here. I think the Raiders will be able to put up some points on this Broncos D. And I think quite clearly Peyton is going to, and Wilson are going to want to really lay down a marker early on and will have been working on a number of things that they can look to, form the blueprint really the offense that they want to roll this season so i think 44 saying it's going to be my drew lock i'm not going to launch the season straight off the bat with the drew lock but it's definitely on my short list the over in this game i
1: i think it's fascinating because i i mean the broncos averaged less than 17 points per game last season i mean it was one of the worst offenses i think i've ever witnessed in the nfl do you remember watching that sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers where it was literally just punt, 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 turnover, punt, punt, punt. And it was just field goals. It was like, because I remember I had the under and I remember I was in New York watching it. And I remember staying up for it and just watching it. And it was like, the only only way I really enjoyed it was because I had the under in it and I was just sitting there relishing in it. But it was one of the worst defensive displays of football I've terrible. ever was, seen. Was, and I just was, can't bring it myself to back Russell Wilson's Denver Broncos team, especially without Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick to score any points. I just can't do it. I hope that they go out and they perform the way that we kind of expect them to do under Sean Payton. He gets creative. He gets the best out of Russell Wilson. We see some reflection of what we've seen prior to last season. But... In terms of week one backing, I am going nowhere near the Broncos offense now. I can't lie. They were they gave me nightmares last season. It was nightmares. Do you remember the Seahawks game on the week one last year? Do you remember how excited we were for the Broncos? Do you remember how bad they were?
0: Uh, I know. And, and look, I get it. I get it. I get it. it's high risk. But they've got Marvin Mims in the mix. Excited to see him. Ben's raving about Marvin Mims. But yeah, sure. Judy is, well, unlikely, right? It's listed officially at recording this Friday as questionable, unlikely to play. But they've got. You know, a solid ground game. Javante Williams is back. Yeah. I love Javante Williams. Last season. The line, McLinchy and Co. Peyton's going to look at that fast release. The juxtaposition of the fast release, Peyton kind of style, on the basis Wilson can improvise, he is going to be motivated to hell. This Raiders defense is gettable. I think they'll be able to get something rolling. And I really like, conversely, McDaniels, Garoppolo, to to flow and roll at least to the tune of three touchdowns you throw in a field goal there then the broncos hitting hitting 21 and and and, and job done hey it's a short list one incidentally on the bronco schedule they've got the dolphins okay the bears then they've got the jets and of course peyton <laughs> Peyton calling out that's going to be fun with old Peyton headed to New York. And then they got the Chiefs twice in the first six games. Oh, boy. I know. It's going to be...
1: It is going to be an absolute brutal start for them. It's a brutal divisional for them. I do like the Raiders' offense, I have to say. And I think there is a possibility of some increase in performance there. I think obviously Garoppolo being back in a McDaniels offense, I think them re-signing Jacobs, he had a really good year last year. Jacoby Myers obviously being let go from New England pretty much for that one play that we won't talk about ever again because that was one of the most embarrassing things seen in professional sports. And obviously Renfro and Devontae Adams, having those opportunities and those options for Garoppolo in an offense that he's incredibly comfortable in, I think gives the Raiders a good chance at success especially offensively and I think we might see a tiny bit of regression from this Broncos defense and as a result I would probably be leaning towards the Raiders in this game if I if you were going to say to me to pick a side I have to pick a side it would be the Raiders at plus three and a half I think just because of what I think they can do in this offense and I don't know if I believe the Denver Broncos can beat any team by more than three points from what I saw last season but yes I know I need to start Sean sort of ingraining the Sean Payton factor in.
0: You have to propose well all time great coaches you got to just let go let go of the past proper and look at the but I don't know Sean I
1: mean smarter people than me I've heard talking and they're not 100% sure that Russell Wilson's gonna work in this Sean Payton offense
0: either that's the the argument right that they uh, they well two factors to that I guess it was what I was about to ask you earlier and then we went off on a tangent the veteran quarterback Oh, this is how I do it. You know, the Rogers MO, right? Is, is Wilson going to be able to change things up? But And also, is Wil, is Peyton going to expect him to? Oh, clearly, the latter is is definite. But Peyton's a wily, a wily old bet. He'll build things, of course, that play to his philosophy and the way he wants to do it. But I think Wilson is a capable technical quarterback of doing that. At the same time, he play to Wilson's strengths. For me, the $64,000 question here is if, if the mobility is still there. If he is still able to gain that extra second, that rolling out, that improvisational extension of the play that he has made his trademark, can he Can he still do it? Everybody last season was saying, oh, it's gone, he's fallen off a cliff. But as you so eloquently pointed out, Popo, he's <laughs> one of the worst offenses we've seen in recent years. This time around, yeah, I think I'm, I'm willing to consider it for week one. Where are you going first? First game you're looking at.
1: Yeah, I think just on that point there, the other thing that I would like to say, which has always been my M.O. before I give my first pick of week one, is my approach to week one is basically just to spot where the public are generally betting on last season and looking at that and trying to go to the antithesis of that. And that's what I focus on. So in that sense, I do agree with the pick. I do agree with that. I like the over to a certain extent as well because of the Raiders them being stronger on offense than defense and I think the Broncos similarly so I do understand where the pick's coming from so I do align with that by the way just a side note on the Raiders I think Max Crosby is going to have an unbelievable year I think he could be an outside bet for defensive player of the year just because of what he's been able to do in the last couple of seasons and I just think that this is the year he kind of takes it to the next level in the same way we saw from Nick Bosa last year but I'll do the same as you now I won't go with my strongest pick and I'll start with a total and I've got a feeling that you might be betting on this game as well so I'll bring it up early I'm going to go over 45 and a half in Tampa Bay at Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. And I remember so clearly week one last year, you backed the Carolina Panthers against the Cleveland Browns (laughs) and Baker Mayfield. And you said you would never back Baker Mayfield ever again as a result of that. And I do understand that I am... Uh, sort of flirting with danger here because of Baker Mayfield being the starting quarterback the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he could look go that. out and completely screw it up. But this Vikings defense, I mean, first of all, Minnesota were the best over team in football by far last year. And I think they look like another solid squad to expect points on both sides of the ball when they play. Their defense lost six starters from last year. The Bucks also lost three starters, including two members of the defensive line in Akeem Hicks and William Golston. Yes, I know uh, Brian Flores is coming as the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, and he obviously has an incredible record in the NFL, but I think that's still going to take time for him to implement his system. And they have three of their top four corners are either rookies or in their second year for the Vikings. So to expect them to go out and perform immediately, especially against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I think is a huge, huge ask. So I expect Tampa Bay to be able to get some success on the offensive side of the ball. I think Mike Evans could have a huge day. We know what Baker Mayfield's like I think you're going to see a similar Tampa Bay Buccaneers to almost what we saw under Jameis Winston where Baker's going to throw three touchdowns but he's also going to throw three interceptions Baker doesn't care if he makes mistakes he's still going to go out and gunsling and as long as he doesn't get too many of those balls tipped down, knocked down and he starts losing confidence then it all just completely derails I think that he will be able to have success with Mike Evans with Chris Godwin I think Mike Evans will have a big day as long as he can stay healthy for the early part of the season I like a lot of his prop bets I think it's over over 53 and a half. I think that is a great look just because of how much Baker Mayfield's is going to throw the ball in this game and how bad this Minnesota Vikings secondary was both last year. And it looks like it's going to be next year as well. And on the other side of that, I think this, Tampa Bay defense has got slower. I think it's older. I don't think it's the same level, especially that we saw two seasons ago, let alone last season. So I think that Minnesota, we know that they can move the ball on offense. We know that Kevin O'Connell seems to be able to get the best out of that combination between Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I don't think anyone's expecting Justin Jefferson to slow down. Yes, you've lost Dalvin Cook, but Alexander Matheson, I think, can replicate somewhat of the output that Dalvin Cook had. And Jordan Addison, by all accounts, is going to be an absolute star. And I think he's an improvement on Adam Thielen. TJ Hawkinson, they've just paid a lot of money as well. So I think when you combine those three offensive weapons, I think you're going to see a lot of points in this game. I think Vikings will score a lot of points. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will score a lot of points. And I think that this is a strong bet going into week one because I think the only reason this is as low as 45 and a half is because no one is expecting Baker Mayfield to be able to do anything on offense and everyone is writing off this Tampa Bay team completely and I think that's why you see that the majority of the money is so actually only just but so the under 51% of the tickets are being bet on the under but 60% of the cash is on the over. so it's not a huge discrepancy but it's enough for me to be encouraged to say the public are expecting Baker Mayfield to struggle in this game and completely ignoring the fact that the Vikings suck on defense and are still really good on offense and I think that will be the overarching factor going into this
0: game I am desperate to clip up the Vikings suck on defense and when we hook up with Brian Flores again I had the pleasure of interviewing him when he was the Dolphins head coach a few years ago and just playing that playing that clip to it Or just, I might just send it to him I might just send send it to the, the Vikings PR guys well
1: know? they suck early I, they'll suck early on on defense they might improve later on <laughs> They might improve later on, but right now, they are suck on yeah, defense. There's panic, there's panic in his own. So what, you're just going to say that the Vikings are good on defense because you're, you interviewed Brian Flores once?
0: No, because Brian Flores is a heavyweight. At a, this, I, no, I just love the fact that you were all out slating the Vikings' D. <laughs> just the look on your face. You'll have a similar moment that I had. Um, at, was it Spurs or Wembley with... Um,
1: Oh, with, uh, uh, with uh, Mayock, Wembley, Mayock, Wembley, Mike with Mike Mayock yeah, yeah, Wembley.
0: The Vikings suck on defense. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Flores is walking past Yeah, look, you know, on on Tampa Bay quickly because we talked a bit about this on FFS on Wednesday. You yesterday. picked you picked them to win, outright, I didn't did. you? I know. I made some. So we we referenced the picks contest at the top of the show. A picks contest, right? This is something new to the NC show this season. Every week, me propo and then our special guest on wednesday so uh, that could be jay bell or phoebe or tom Deakin or shane barine they will represent team guests and all of us are going to pick straight up picks the games on that week's slip. a head-to-head simple straight up picking we are going to publish our picks on social by the time you're listening to this they might already be published you can play along play against us all i care about propo is beating you i know
1: I have to say that I didn't actually ever agree to this. I suddenly just got a message on Wednesday morning, being like, "You need to get your picks over to Seb ASAP," um, and I was like, "And I was like, I, ne- I don't remember ever agreeing to believe- this. This doesn't play to my strengths. It's my strengths is playing the number, it's playing it's the total,
0: it's, it's playing the props. Textbook propo. The, the, there have been all kinds of emails flying. This is just typical that you've been." boozing it on a beach somewhere over the summer emails flying around left right and center about this i should know you don't read any of them
1: <laughs> i haven't read i don't think i've read one email from you i think they've pretty much all gone to the junk folder <laughs>
0: any of them so this is this is established <laughs> earlier on this summer anyway i did pick the bucks in the picks contest this week i had some risky picks but hey i
1: figured. does that not mean though does that not mean though that they're one of your stronger bets to cover it plus five and a half surely
0: no i don't think they're, they're two separate well to cover a five and a half yes i see what you mean yeah i guess they probably would be but I uh, I am reminded. You have reminded me of backing Baker last season. I'm not going to go anywhere. Near I, go I
1: really like it. I really like it. Plus, I'm not, I, I want to lure you in. I want you on the fishing run. I want to I mean, lure you
0: in. Yeah, the moment you lure me into backing Baker, it will go. It will go pear shaped. Uh, we were looking at the the D yeah. of this because you make a great point about how uh, there are there are a gaggle of underrated teams right around. Actually, these two are, are two of them. Um, going into the season that nobody is the vikings are maybe the most ta- notable tangible everybody piling in hipster central that they are they were terrible last season if i hear one more time the vikings won the x amount of games vikings. yeah i know that is the most it's the most
1: overused stat by country mile isn't it
0: this is a defense prop, and me and ben were talking about it on ffs Devin white vita vey is still there levante david shaq barrett ryan Neal, antoine winfield this is a stat, D. best receivers, I know they're older and they're aging, that's what we were going to say, but two of the best receivers in the game, are we sleeping on the bucks a little bit?
1: Well, are you forgetting what my, uh, one of my edge bets was preseason? Oh, God. The, it was I, over I, the bucks I, team total.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. What was it? Six and a
1: half? Yeah, six and a half. I, I was, I bet it. I think that, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you from that instance. and I, It's always tough backing Baker, but it does seem that everyone is slightly overestimating like this Baker Mayfield effect. Like they still, as we've said, they've still got Mike Evans. They've still got Chris Godwin. Yes, they're not as strong at running back, but I still think Rashad White will be able to perform to some level as well. And as you said, they've still got enough talent on defense. And reminder, they're in the NFC South, which is the most open division in football right now and a poor division of football. Yes, the Falcons are everyone's hips to pick this season, but is that necessarily definitely going to materialize when everyone's basically relying on a rookie running back and a second year quarterback who was less than convincing last season? I don't think so. The Carolina Panthers, yes, they've got a rookie. They've got the first round pick. Does that guarantee success? No. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a good opportunity here to kind of be going under the radar and to perform at a better level than everyone's expecting them to. And I think you always want Baker Mayfield as an underdog realistically. And everyone has completely counted him out this season. And I think that only sort of plays into the Baker Mayfield narrative. Yes, he could be dropped by week four, but but at the same time, he could also be doing what he did. He managed to get the Cleveland Browns to a playoff game. And when they were literally like had barely won a game for the f- three seasons prior to that, he came in and beat Jets on Thursday night football after who was it went out injured. Tyrod Taylor came in and got their first win in however so many games. Like he's done some pretty special things in this league. And yes, he had a terrible year last year, but the Panthers were awful last year. So I just think that everyone, I don't want to, we don't want to be too loud about it. Yeah, we don't want to be like- too loud about it. But I just, I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think the Bucks Vikings it's going to be really entertaining I think it's going to be high scoring mm-hmm. and I think that it will be one of those where the Vikings will probably win but I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be able to keep it closer and I think there'll be a lot of points scored
0: okay oh, I'm going to stay uh, it's almost a perfect segue from you like you rehearsed it and of course it, it will feel like it. we rehearsed it until you realise you're listening to Edge Russian <laughs> rehearse anything a uh, shout out to all our new listeners by the way I've noticed that uh, on the numbers and the, all the analytics and stuff we get there are a lot of new subscribers to the show it's great to have you on board i hope we haven't already put you off (laughs) last half an hour of this of this particular show but if uh this isn't your poison me and mike every monday the wednesday show talked about ffs there's lots of different stuff for you good to have you along for the ride i'm going to stay in the nfc south for my next game and i'm going to carolina atlanta a game that fascinates me for a couple of reasons Firstly, you mentioned Desmond Ritter, and we're talking about hip- did you say hipster pick? I think you're right saying Atlanta are the hipster pick.
1: Yeah, are yeah, um, the hipster pick. Everyone's obsessed with Atlanta this season. Everyone's
0: obsessed with that. I, I feel proud of the fact I got on that. I got on that bandwagon early. Ben Isaac's, our friend Ben or pro Ben, picked them as his official NC show sleeper pick of the season. Right, so that's the team he thinks didn't make the playoffs last year will make the playoffs this year. Mine, incidentally, for the record, is, is the Steelers, which again everyone's piling on them now as well. The Falcons, I get it. I get the logic. This game's interesting. Brian Burns has been holding out yeah. like, for Carolina, although he has been practicing this week. And they got a good run defense. This, but, courtesy of PFF, these numbers, Ritter, the aforementioned Desmond Ritter, when he was playing last season as a rookie for, what, a cup of coffee, the Falcons ran the ball the fourth highest rate in the NFL. So last season, rookie ran the ball. They then draft the best running back that's come out in a number of years in the first round pretty clear they're going to be leaning on the run in mm-hmm. this game It's a decent run defense the panthers finished 13th in epa per rush allowed last season similar personnel providing burn starts they got their brown in the mix as well so a will lead on the run can ridder with all of these weapons around him and it is fascinating that he's got Cordorel drake london kyle Pitts a heavyweight collection of players he's got around him can he get some points going conversely rookie quarterback first nfl start, and probably out of all of the starters based on what the college draft nicks tell us and, and ben of course our resident college expert as much as you can ever project, Bryce Young feels like he is the most NFL-ready week one to go, like the, the the surest, safest, most rounded player. But he's going into a terrible situation that is made worse, Propos, because Adam Thielen, questionable, didn't practice Thursday. DJ Shark, they're two shiny acquisitions. Mm. Questionable, didn't practice. I say they're shiny. That's it. TJ's pretty shiny. Thielen's maybe a little bit faded these days. He was shiny back in the day. Yeah. Uh, either well, that 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 maybe accentuates my point. Propo, they're the two <laughs> the two standout receivers this team has got, and they are both. If they're going to start carrying carrying some knocks, their offensive line is horrendous. Horrendous. I am all over the Falcons
1: in this spot. Yeah, no, I really like it. I really, really like it. And it's it's the only thing that's sort of um, restricted me from sort of making it one of my best bets of the week is because of the fact that it does feel like they are the hipster pick and it does feel like suddenly they're going to start gaining this traction and then everyone's kind of backing the Atlanta Falcons and everyone's kind of moving out on the Carolina Panthers because of those injury issues, because everyone's like, I think the first round pick has one of the worst, sorry, the number one overall pick has one of the worst records against the spread. I don't think they've covered in like 20 games or something in the first game of the season the first round pick they've started is honestly like one of the most ridiculous stats out there um, so I, I do, that's my only fear is whether there's any value on this but at the same time I'm completely with you now I think the Atlanta Falcons should dictate this game I think it's a perfect spot for them I think the Carolina Panthers are banged up going into this especially on the offensive side of the ball and I think that Bryce Young is going to have an absolute nightmare of the first game and I think that people will overreact and call him a bust when realistically it's just a situation around him whereas Desmond Ritter just needs to Game manage. He just needs to get the ball to Kyle Pitts, get the ball to Drake London, give the ball to Bijan Robinson, utilize the Joker, as they're now calling Cordero Patterson, where they'll use him all these different various ways that no one will be able to predict. And also they've got a really good offensive line as well. They've yep. got one of the best right sides of an offensive line in the game. Chris Lindstrom probably is the best right guard in the game. So with that all considered, and also a very very good head coach I think Arthur Smith has established himself with how weak that roster was last year and how well they did as an excellent head coach especially when it comes to running the ball and creating a run game there is a reason why they are the hipster pick this season there is a reason why Ben Isaacs has him has a, his official sleeper pick and I think this is a perfect spot for them to open up against the Carolina Panthers the only reason why I have a slight fear it's above three and a half. Three is obviously a key number it's a divisional game it's week one anything can happen so there's a little bit of fear there but still i will be with you on this now
0: yeah you're right you're right to point that out and it's something that we will come back to particularly if you are a new to rolling the dice a bit on uh on nfl action yeah three is a key number and three and a half is by a beware at times but given the fact that it's home field advantage as well i feel there are too many and you mentioned arthur smith quite rightly and how much how, he has a real clarity of vision and he has the personnel to execute that vision pretty much from the get-go this season the play action establish the ground game get the play action going some big receivers to deliver that not asking too much from your quarterback in that respect Carlson made the Jordan Power of course with Tannehill and the, and the Tennessee years uh the gamble here is is um Desmond Ritter but at three mm-hmm. and a half I'm I am in on the Atlanta Falcons to the extent propo that they are my drew lock of the week.
1: yeah i don't mind that at all i honestly do not mind that at all i think it's i think that's a very solid pick i think looking at everything considered look at the way these two teams are going into this game i think it's as solid as a drew lock of the week that you can have as i've said underdogs tend to be favored when it comes to week one that's my only fear for you is Mm -hmm. betting a favorite and making that your drew lock of the week but nonetheless at minus three and a half against a panthers team that doesn't look ready for this season i think it's a strong look
0: it is music to my ears propo uh much as i love to uh to send you up and take the mickey when you when you have that it's a glint and in pro, in propose for those of you listening to the pod don't watch the video uh which incidentally we're pushing out on all our channels at the nc show including youtube this season as well so keep your eyes go subscribe to us on youtube there'll be uh, a video rolling on there and we're going to build that up as the season goes on it's a bonus video as well if you have seen the video you might have caught there are moments in Edge Rush when I am going off on a on a tip and Propo just has this glint in his eye, and a and a smile. It's it's a smile. Some might say it's a smirk, and I know that Propo is thinking, <laughs> thinking the worst of me, knowing that that pick is going to end up in in the tank. But there are times when you just have this kind of knowing nod, and and when you then reaffirm that with, I like that pick. That that's good. You know what? I feel like a proud student. I feel like a a proud student that has has got a tick from his coach all right where are you going next game wise this is a uh, I think I
1: want to really surprise you with this one because this isn't I would say a usual proper, like, let's be honest, I usually quite like like ugly bets usually. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think in most situations you'd expect me to kind of, and I probably will back the Arizona Cardinals against the Washington Commanders just because of that whole big underdog thing on on week one usually um, does pay off just because everyone overreacts to everyone saying the Cardinals are tanking for Caleb Williams and all that kind of stuff. But that's not going to be one of my picks on this show just because who the hell knows what's going to happen in that game realistically. Um, I'm going to go now the New York Jets plus two and a half against the Buffalo Bills.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Would you take him straight up out of interest? Yeah, I think I will
1: take them straight up. And I think I think this is a trap game there. Nah. Mm-hmm. And I, I like think like that I like when you look at it, don't you just think the Buffalo Bills surely minus two and a half against a New York Jets team that has Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I think there's still a little bit of uncertainty surrounding it. I think everyone is... Uh, thinking that this is the worst possible start to Aaron Rodgers' career in New York because of the Buffalo Bills and how strong they've been in recent seasons. Mm. But I'm just looking at this as a pure matchup perspective and I think this Jets defense can create a complete mismatch with this offensive line yes the Jets O-line isn't great but the Bills don't have Von Miller and we saw how weak the pressure can be without him last season I like Gabe Davis probably more than most going into this season but I still think this elite Jets secondary with DJ Reed and Source Gardner will be able to nullify the weapons outside of Diggs which I just think puts too much pressure on Josh Allen to make magic to make plays to utilize his legs which you don't really want him doing in. Week, on week one, and I just think Monday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers in his last nine Monday Night games, now he's unbeaten. He's nine and zero. Rodgers is six and one against the spread and five, one and one straight up as a starter in the regular season when a home underdog in his career. And he's also won both games straight up against Josh Allen, both last year and in 2018 as well. And I know obviously those are historic stats and we don't necessarily like those historic stats, but I think that's a testament to what we know and what we love in there. The
0: 2018 is- one. Yeah. was five years ago at an entirely different team, but.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. But nonetheless, you're still looking at the two focal parts of this team. And I know Josh Allen was a very, very, very young in the, in that part of his career. But at the same time, I still think that all of these things lean towards an Aaron Rodgers performance. And I think that I'm not necessarily as convinced by the New York Jets as most teams. And I like what you're saying about the first five games. Go check out our previous pods that you've mentioned. And I think they could struggle in the early parts of the season. And I don't think they're far from a complete team. I mean, outside of Garrett Wilson, I don't think that's, they're that strong at receiving core. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is actually blessed with that many weapons. Dalvin Cook, still going to be interesting to see what he can do behind this offensive line. But I just think, in terms, in terms of the game situation, in terms of the way the NFL is scripted, I just feel I can sense an Aaron Rodgers victory I'm with on the you. horizon. And even the fact that I'm getting two and a half points, I will take those yeah. two and a half points. I would love three. I would love three so much, Nat. And I'm waiting for it. I'm going to wait because I don't think it gets to two, uh, but I am waiting for that three because I think that three just makes it Perfect, And I'll be so confident going into Monday Night Football if that is the case. There is, uh, this isn't one of my special bets. It's not like the tickets and the cash are split. All of the money realistically is on Buffalo and the value everyone is suggesting is on Buffalo. But that's why I like it because no one is really taking into account the New York Jets. No one is considering them as... Uh, Sort of having a serious chance in this game, I don't think. And I think the fact that they're at home is Aaron Rodgers in his first game in the Jets, first time sort of outside of Green Bay. Her he doesn't age. want everyone to be thinking that this is sort of hit. Uh, Green Bay was what what created his sort of um, his success. So I think that I'm, I'm excited. I just I love this pick just from a from the fact that I can wake up on Tuesday morning, watch the game, and hopefully see Aaron Rodgers light it up.
0: I am with you firmly on this as well. Propo Warren, worried, we're agreeing far too much already this season, but I'm sure that will, uh, that will correct itself imminently. I'm with you. Uh, they, I picked them in the in the straight up picks contest. You've talked about it so eloquently. There's nothing I need to add. Other. Reaffirming that motivational Rogers, he's 100 going to go off in this game. I love it. I see four touchdowns. I see. I'm say they're going to run away with it, but I see a vintage primetime Aaron Rodgers performance. Incidentally, if you are going to get involved in that game, yeah, Fitstairs are the only bookmaker that will double your payout if your winning first touchdown bet goes on to score again in the game. Yeah, mm. Wilson double down. That's only for the regular season. The maximum extra payout is £500. Terms of play, 21 plus be gamble aware.org. You can head on over to fitstairs.com forward slash offers. Love that. Slash NFL hyphen double hyphen delight. We'll put that link in the show notes. The fitstairs link in the show notes.
1: Do you know what I'll probably do as well, Nat? Is immediately yeah. after the Jets win, if they do win, of course, hmm. I'll probably fade them week two. Yeah, of course. And Do you know what I mean? I just feel like it's that win. thing where everyone will, everyone's going to overreact to this game of so much. Whatever Super happens. Well, contenders, folks, yeah, it will happen. Whatever happens in this game, whether I'm completely wrong in the Buffalo Bills, blow them out. Whatever happens, the overreaction to this game, considering there's Aaron Rodgers in New York and it's the Buffalo Bills who obviously have been Super Bowl contenders for the past two seasons. Whatever happens, the overreaction is going to be insane. So I will completely fade whatever happens for the next next week, I think.
0: I love it. And I might follow you on that one as well. What is your Drew Lock of the Week then, Proper?
1: So my Drew Lock of the Week is now, and this is sort of the epitome of my theory about going against the public in terms of them inheriting too much information from last season and applying it to this season. Mm -hmm. And in recent history now, Super Bowl losers are 4-19 and against the spread. Yeah. And nine and fourteen straight up. People tend to include way too much from the prior season into this one, and I think people are as high as as high on the Eagles as they can be, and as low as they can be on the Patriots, which just sets this bet up perfectly.
0: Done. You're going for this. So you're taking the, what? The
1: Patriots plus four. Patriots plus four. You've got two new coordinators in Philly. They've lost both Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. There's no more Matt Patricia at the Patriots. I like the change to Bill O'Brien. I think this is simply too many points. And I expect a tough first outing for the Eagles in what is never an easy place to go to in Foxborough. Yes, it's gone to plus four because the Patriots have lost their right tackle. But I still expect Bill Belichick's had all off season plus the playoffs last year to think about this game, to think about what he's going to do with Mac Jones, to think about what he's going to do with this defense. I'm not convinced by the Patriots Net. I'm not convinced that they're going to have an excellent season, but I still don't think you should ever be getting four points at home with Bill Belichick for this New England Patriots team. Wow. I am stunned. You've gone for that. I, it, look, I, I, Things. And that's perfect. That's music to my ears, that you're yeah, there you go. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's music <laughs> that's to my ears.
0: Plenty of compliments. This is, this is what I got to deal with gang. Plenty of compliments to Propo. What 10 minutes ago. And you just throw that back in my face. Hey, I, I actually, I'm quite up on the Patriots being better than advertised in the same way we were with the Bucks. And it's kind of parallels there. I think they, I think the over on the Patriots is worth looking at for the season. total. if we still get in there? But I, I feel the, the Patriots are going to be interesting, but this game Well, I just,
1: I I think there's too much turnover in the Philadelphia Eagles in not necessarily in their team, not necessarily in their roster, but in terms of the coordinators. And I think that's going to have a significant impact. I'm not going to back the Patriots' money line now. I'm just playing the number. I'm playing the plus four. And obviously, all of the the tickets are on Philadelphia. 70% of the tickets are on Philadelphia. 56% of the cash on New England, which again, isn't a huge difference, but it's enough for me to suggest that the public are on the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not expecting anything from the Patriots. And those are the exact kind of positions that you want to take on week one and i think this one just stares me straight in the face as one which i would i have it's to saying, take for this exact for reason. reason take take this take this proper all right
0: okay that is your first true lock of the week i've taken the falcons lock them in gang lock them in the show starts again before we get out of dodge and that's five pounds in our charity box, boxings for shelter we got to pick our acca of the week a three-team money line acca. and we got propose prop bets of the week so let me get my head around the ACCA. Unless, if you've done one, have you worked out the ACCA? We-
1: no, of course we haven't. The ACCA, I feel like we kind of worked through
0: together. Yeah, okay. All right. We'll- so you go through your prop bets of the week for the benefit yep. of the I and will, I will start thinking think about the ACCA.
1: Cool, so my first prop bet of the season is Travis Etienne over 14.5 receiving yards against the Colts. He went over this number comfortably in both meetings with the Colts last season. The secondary at Indy is by far their weak point and with the Jags having a high-powered offense, but what looks like quite a weak defense, I like Etienne to go over this number with relative ease because I think they'll need to throw the ball and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go to his safety net in Travis Etienne. I think this number is just simply too low. Second one is controversial. It's Deshaun Watson over 23.5 rushing yards. I know, I know, I know. I don't like it either, but where there's value, there is value and I have mentioned how we
0: are not allowed to back to Sean Watson on this show proper I refuse to do it
1: oh well I'll do it it's fine you can you can you can completely ignore it but I think Nat just a quick one on this do you not think in terms of sleepers the Cleveland Browns are the most obvious one because there's the exact reason where no one wants to talk about them, no one wants to praise them because of the everything lingering around Deshaun Watson. Point, yeah. And, and honestly, they they've got probably two of the best. They've got one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. They've finally got Miles Garrett the help that he needs. And they've got one of the best offensive lines in the NFLs. And we all know how important West trench play West. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are underestimating Elijah Moore as a acquisition for the Cleveland Browns as well like he had yeah. success in New York. Deshaun Watson well, looked pretty tragic last season, but having a whole offseason in this offense, it could I mean what we, well, Deshaun Watson before all of the situation happened mm-hmm. was easily one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and was making insane plays and having in, insane victories and success with a pretty weak Houston Texans team and we've seen what's happened to Houston since he left I think that has to be they have to be taken seriously and I hate it as a first game for Cincinnati Bengals we know what it's like for a divisional I've actually picked the Browns to win it in the Pickham as well the Bengals are going to lose one of the first two they're either going to lose to the Ravens at home or they're going to lose to the Bengals away in that it's they're going to be the Bengals will be one and one after week two And I just don't know which is the one that they're going to lose. But I do think this is a bad matchup for them. Burrows one and three against the spread against the Bengals anyway. And it's one of the teams that seems to have his number largely because of Miles Garrett and the disruption he can cause the offensive line. So I don't want to talk about them, but I just think the Cleveland Browns are that team that you're just like, no one wants to talk about them. So they're being ignored, but they could be really good this season.
0: I like it. I mean, I like the logic. I don't like it at all, but I like no, it. No,
1: exactly. So, yeah, but basically over 23 and a half rushing yards for Deshaun Watson. Um, he had 33 yards against Cincinnati last season, the only game he played against them. I expect him to be better in this game. I expect Watson to be in better shape. I expect him to have a better understanding of the offense. And despite his poor showing last year, he went over this number four out of six games. And when it went under, it was by one or two yards. So I think there's just significant value on this line. And I think you just have to take it in these scenarios. And my last one I really like is CeeDee Lamb over 70 and a half receiving yards against the New York Giants on Sunday night football. I know Mike McCarthy has come out and said they're going to run the ball more in this new offense without Kellen Moore, but I think this Giants D-line is strong. And I think the secondary is where the weakness is, which offers great opportunity to Lamb. It's likely he's up one-on-one against Dory Jackson, which I think is a complete mismatch. Lamb had 100 plus yards in four out of his last six games last season. So I really like this number. And of course, Nat, mm-hmm. when the
0: lights are bright... They'll always come on something, something the stars will
1: shine stars, the stars will shine
0: you can get on a mug with this talk of merch this season as well so we, we talked we joked about getting it on a mug i think we might actually, we might actually if i could remember the tagline all right love that propose prop bets of the week up and running and he had a lot of success last year so get on that bandwagon right last but by no means least it's our very first edge rush Aka of the season the 2023 season anyway all right i think you'll like it all but feel free as we've done in the past to veto it i've got three teams here straight up this is just money line three teams straight up pick uh feel free propo to call your veto presidential style if you want one or more of the picks and you can step in and then we'll leave our listeners to to decide first up i'm going even though something you mentioned just before we started recording the line is changing a lot of money coming in on the houston texans to cover but baltimore for the win straight up in baltimore against houston Next yeah, up, Washington at home against Arizona.
1: Yeah, this is not revolutionary now, I have Wait, to say.
0: Well, hey, don't don't knock it proper because I'm getting Evens on this. And then Jacksonville on the road at Indy. Three team money line acker over evens Uh
1: no, I like it. It makes complete and utter sense, but I feel like one of them loses. What? You think the Colts might win? Well, I just think it's again divisional home dog. They are just renowned for having insane success in week one. I just know. Do you know what? That has, I mean, over-evens is great value on that because you're looking at three of the poorest teams in the NFL going into the season. You've got two rookie quarterbacks in there as well. Who knows what we're going to get from Josh Dobbs in the Arizona Cardinals offense as well. So I think realistically that out of all of them, the fact you're getting over-evens on that is the safest bet that you can probably make going into this season. In terms of a tease, actually, for the week, just so everyone has this information as well, the tease that everyone is loving going into this week is the Jets plus seven and a half. So taking the extra points against the Buffalo Bills, because I don't think you see Rogers getting blown out in this game, and then the Browns plus seven and a half um, with uh, against the Bengals for similar situation. Mm home dog against the Bengals, which is a team they seem to have the number on over the past couple of seasons, despite the fact that I think the Browns are 1-17 in the last 18 years on week one, which is an incredible stat. But nonetheless, I still think taking seven and a half points for that tease. And then I think also the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can tease them up to seven as well against the San Francisco 49ers. As you said, everyone is high on the Pittsburgh Steelers going into this season. So that's like a little alternative teaser racker that you can potentially flirt with as well.
0: Brilliant stuff, Propo. So, uh, dive in, get involved, be careful when you do. Of course, we, as we've uh, announced on this show, proudly sponsored by Fitstairs. But remember, gambling is just one form of entertainment. Stick to your budget, only bet what you can afford to lose. 21 plus, be gamblerware.org. Play it cautiously, have fun with it. Propo, I cannot wait to get this started. It is great to be back. Great to see you, big man. Let's do this all again next week. Unbelievable news, can't wait.